being one with God. Do you know that the God of all creation will want to dwell with you and be with you and help you through these situations? He reminds me of when I was playing football when I was a kid, like nine or ten years old. We used to go to the park, and we'd wait till it rained, and then so we would play football in the rain, and we would we'd catch a pass, and we'd slide. Shh. You do that, Mike? And, and uh, we got mud all over our, in our pants and in our face, our eyes, and we, you know, hair. And so when we came home, my mom would look at, it, at us and say, oh, no, you're not coming in the house like that. <laughs> Go around the back, take all your clothes off to your shorts, and I'll squirt you with the hose. <laughs> and so she would squirt me with the hose, get all the mud off, leave the clothes there to, tomorrow, and then I could come in. They would have to squirt this guy down for sure. <laughs> Now, Rudy may bring him into the house. Gina, no way. <laughs> so Gina said, well, you've got to take him in the back and squirt him down. <laughs> but uh, we, we have to know that God wants to be with us even in our ungodliness. You know, we all have ungodliness, things that we think, things that we say, things that we do, places we go, things we watch on TV. God's sitting there with us and going like... When's this going to be over? <laughs> Are you sure you want to watch all this? <laughs> he almost has to go close his eyes. We used to do that with my son when we were watching, when he was younger. And there'd be movies that were on, and, and they show scenes that are not too good. We'd have to, you know, cover his eyes. Like, and guess what? He does it now to himself. <laughs> when he sees the movie, change the channel. <laughs> we're not watching it. <laughs> Train up a child in the way he should go. Amen. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. So how do we get in unity? It's in the spirit. It's in the spirit. Now, it's not being in the spirit is not spooky. It's not like, ooh, I'm in the spirit. <laughs> There's a way to do it. And it's, you don't change your voice when you talk in the spirit. Like, thus saith the Lord. I want to tell you, my friend, God is seeing through you. No, you don't talk. Being in the Spirit is just having the anointing of God in you. Praise the Lord. You know, I was uh, at my, uh, my, my ministry, my basketball ministry. <laughs> I, I'm there on, on uh, well, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, time permitting, but these guys, a bunch of guys, you know, they're Jewish people, they're Muslim guys, and sometimes fight breaks out, sometimes they chip at each other, they talk, and the one guy that gives me the hardest time, <laughs> like you get on my case, Chuck, why don't you get that rebound? What, what's wrong with you? Why, why, why aren't you guarding that guy? You know, stop being, you know, don't give it your 100% and everything. I go, will you chill out? <laughs> but... When his mother was having some problems, he calls me. He says, I want you to pray because you're the godliest person that I know. Why? Because I didn't give in to the way they are. That's being in the spirit. One with the father. The father wouldn't, and Jesus wouldn't get all upset at the guy, would he? No, he would be loving and kind and work with the person. And so the other day, yesterday, my other friend he calls me and he says, well, I'm not, or he texts me. He says, I'm not going to go today because my neck's bothering me. I might go and just watch, but I can't play. And I said, well, stay there. I mean, come and I'll pray with you so that you can play. He goes, okay. So he comes and he says, you know what? As soon as I got your message, my neck was better. 
I go, that's pretty good. <laughs> the Lord, you received through the text, just from the fact that God was coming, God went before me. I don't even need to pray. He <laughs> received what God had for him, amen? So let's look at this first scripture here and, and how to be uh, one with the Spirit. Uh, in John 4, 24, and Andrew now gets a chance to read. Praise the Lord. Give Andrew a hand clap of praise. Amen. All right. John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay. I want to focus on the fact that God is a spirit. Say that. God is a spirit. So how do we commune with God? Spirit to spirit. We're a spirit as well, right? We're a spirit. We have a body and we have a mind. But first of all, we are a spirit. When God, when someone is conceived, the spirit goes into that person and that person is an entity all by itself that goes back to God when we die. Our bodies lay, <laughs> I heard this one comedian, he goes, when he was seven years old, he, was, he went to a funeral, and he didn't know what a funeral was, and here he is, he's got this box, this coffin with a dead person in there, <laughs> and he's like, well, what is this? <laughs> Church with a dead person uh, in the casket? And the only thing they could tell him is, he's in a better place. <laughs> so the seven-year-old goes, well, what kind of box was he in before? <laughs> But we have an eternal resting home that God has prepared for us. Amen? We're not confined to a box. We're not confined even to these, these, these bodies, these mortal bodies. God is going to take us. So if we want to talk to God, we talk to him spirit to spirit. Our spirit, our hearts reach out to him. You know, that's our best prayers when you pray from your heart. When you're, you don't have anything else left and the circumstances look like it's not going to go your way. You cry out, Jesus! Help me, Lord. He hears that prayer. Instead of, Jesus, uh, I really need your help right now. <laughs> Too casual for him. <laughs> Isn't that what blind Bartimaeus did? There's all the people there. Jesus, son of God, have mercy upon me. God said, he turned. He stopped. He turned. I hear that voice. And he went and he healed him. So he's going to hear your voice. I can still remember the time. I'll never forget it because my father, he had dementia for a while before he accepted the Lord and went, be, went home to be with the Lord. And he had promised us that he was going to give us a big down payment on our house. And he kept hemming and hawing, you know, like, well, I don't know, you know. And he started accusing me of doing things that I didn't do just to get out of it. And finally, it came down to the last week. And I go, Pop, we can't be playing any more games. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm sorry, son. It's just not going to be. And I went home, and I cried. I can remember I was driving. I cried out to my, the loudest, deepest part of my being. I cried out to the Lord, Lord, help me. And I know he heard me. He had to have heard me. It kind of echoed, had to have echoed in heaven. Because about 20 minutes later, I get a call from my wife. She said, your dad called. He said, never mind. Come get the money. And I went, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
But that was the best money he spent because we got him into heaven. He saw, as he came to the church, he saw us, and he saw how, uh, you know, the Lord was moving, and he accepted the Lord in his heart before he went down, before he went to heaven. In fact, we were at the hospital there, and he was having, you know, liver shut down, and everything was going wrong in his body, and he started crying out, you know, uh, it hurts, it hurts, son, it hurts, it hurts. I go, dad, just cry out to the Lord. Ask Jesus to help you. He said, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. Gone. The most beautiful thing I ever saw. Amen. Anybody crying out to the Lord and then in, your, in his presence? Amen. That was the best money my dad ever spent. <laughs> because the Lord told me, he said, you're not going to get this inheritance and not bring your father into heaven. I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So we spent all of our efforts for probably a year trying to get him to accept the Lord, bringing him closer to us, bringing him to the church, encouraging him to come. And the last day, it was kind of sad, the last day, the last Sunday before he died, I went to pick him up and he goes, well, you know, son, I'm just not feeling that well today. Okay, Pop. And then that week, he passed away. So he went to the very end. So we have to know that if you want to get to know God better, open up your spirit to receive what he has to speak to you. God speaks gently. Actually, uh, Charlie was saying that the Lord spoke to him about three or four months ago that we were going to be doing this transition. And he just put a thought into his head that, you know, he said, what if the pastor leaves the church, the morning church? So God was speaking to him. He, he could have spoke to all of us. He spoke to Rosie a little bit about it uh, this last week. So God will speak to us, tells us things to come, things that are going to happen. And so we have to just stay true and believe him and let God uh, speak to us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians six twelve. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You're one spirit with the Lord. But guess what? Let's look at this uh, picture. We're, we're in a different army now. We're in the army of the Lord. We're fighting against the enemy. And God wants us to be in unity, in one accord, praising God. And when we come together and we praise God together, guess what happens? He inhabits the praises of his people. It's a corporate anointing. You bring a little bit of God. You bring a little bit of God. Everybody brings a little bit of God together. And then all of a sudden we have an internal combustion of all the thoughts, all the prayers, all the hopes, all the dreams of God in us. And we reach out to him. Isn't that wonderful? So what you have to do is build up your spirit man. You know, your spirit man has to eat, has to feed on something. What if you only ate once a week? If you only ate on Sunday, one meal, what would you do the rest of the week? You just shrivel up, right? So what happens if you only come to church on Sunday and you don't feed yourself during the week? You're going to shrivel up. You're not going to have any strength to receive and hear from God. God wants to speak to you. So you have to build up your spirit. You have a spirit, and you have to feed it, what, the word of God, so that it can take hold and take root and do those things that you want it to do. The Bible says that, uh, do I have that here? Oh, it's coming up later, but the Bible says, my words, they are spirit, and they are life. So when you read the word of God, it feeds your spirit, it builds you up, and you're able to hear from the Lord. I know this funny story about a guy named Kenneth Hagin, real famous guy, and one that met the Lord a few times and could hear from the Lord really well. He was training this other guy named Keith Moore. And they were riding in the car, and Kenneth Hagen was a, was, a, was a jokester. So he's in the front seat, and he's just, they're just driving along. He's real quiet. 
He looks back and he goes, did you hear that? And the new guy said, well, I don't know if I, I didn't hear anything, but if I say I didn't hear anything, it's like I'm not very spiritual. And then if I, if I say I heard something, I got to tell him what it was. So he didn't know what to do. So he just said, uh, no, I, I didn't hear anything. And the guy in front goes, yeah, I didn't hear anything either. <laughs> he was just joking with him. But, you know, some people have this big spiritual thing. We had this one lady at church. I don't know what it was, but everything you ask her to do, she says, I'll have to pray about it. <laughs> you want to go out to lunch today? Oh, I'll have to pray about it. You know, you want to volunteer for that? I'll have to pray about it. I mean, come on. Either you do or you don't. The Lord's got to be working in you a little bit, right? Yeah. I remember one time I was going to hire this woman, or we had a, a new members class, and people, we had a, lot, a large turnover of people that were administrating the class. And so the assistant pastor's secretary said, I want to, uh, no, here's how it went. I needed to find somebody. And I can remember I was in, on my couch putting on my shoes. And I said, Lord, I need to hire somebody and I need it to be forever. I don't need, you know, to keep having to hire people every other month. And so please, Lord, can you hear my prayer? So the girl comes to me that day and she says, Pastor Chuck, I want to, you know, do the administration for new members. I go, no, you're kind of busy. You've got the pastor that you have to take care of and you've got so many things. You've got your kids. I don't want to do that. She says, no, I, I, I want to do it and I want to do it forever. Oh, okay. You're, you're the girl. You're the one, right? What? It was in the spirit. It's all done in the spirit. You know, you get your healing in the spirit. You get your provision in the spirit. You get your victory. In the, it's all in the spirit. The Bible says what? Go to the secret place and pray unto God who sees in secret and will reward you openly. God wants to tell you little secrets. He wants to show you things to come, what's going to happen. He wants to whisper to you. A friend tells another person secrets. Amen? So uh, that's what we have to do is, is find the Lord in the spirit realm. Let's see this next scripture. Galatians 5 is for Lily. Galatians, Galatians 5, 16 to 17. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish okay so there's the spirit and there's the flesh how can you tell if you're walking in the flesh you do crazy things you get upset you get angry you lose your cool you gossip you complain you worry you fuss you fight you get hung up on addictive behavior, whether it be physical or mental. You eat the wrong things. You say the wrong things. You think the wrong things. You just do all the wrong things. <laughs> How do you know when you're in the spirit? You've got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness. You go into a supermarket, and you're not all frustrated in the, in the line, like, come on, lady, what's up with this? Can't you get your coins right? What's the problem here? What do you mean you don't have the coupons? You're looking for the coupons now? You don't, get, you don't get that way. You're not on the freeway saying, well, what's, what's this person doing here? 
Don't they know the rules? You know, it's, it's, have you ever driven lately? It's kind of dangerous. I mean, there's cars coming every which way, coming out of parking, and they've got all the stores so close together, you know, like 15 stores in one little mall, and people are coming in, coming out. I mean, you just can't leisurely drive anymore. You have to be on the ball. And so, but you have to be in the spirit, too, and flow, and watch the Lord take care of you. So Paul said this, the Apostle Paul said this, uh, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. In other words, he says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial to me. So we have to look at it this way in this, in this uh, slide, that God is walking with us. Amen? Whether we see him or not, God wants to dwell with us and be, have his hand upon us and to guide and direct us in all the ways that we go. But how do we do that? You have to be in the spirit realm. You can't be all, you know, in the natural realm, right? How do you be one with God? Be in the spirit. Okay, next scripture is going to go to Maggie. First John 2, 5 and 6. Whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Yes. He who abides in him, you ought to walk the way Jesus walked. How did he walk? Huh? He walked in goodness, gentleness peace, love. And, you know, he, ha he was confident. No matter what happened, he knew that God was going to work it out together for his good. That's what we have to do. We can't get frustrated and say, you know what? I don't know. This is messing up my whole plan. I don't know, God, you know, what's going to happen. No, you have to be calm and know God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out, right? Amen. Sometimes we get a little nervous and we say, well, what's going to happen? How's this going to work out? God has it under control. Now, let's look at this, <laughs> uh, this, this slide. Jesus is at, what is Jesus saying here? Are, are you going to walk with me? <laughs> are you going to follow or what are you going to do? Are you going to go for your bag or are you going to go for me? Isn't, isn't that what it says? And, and he's wondering, it's your choice, but which way do you want to go? Do you want to follow him or do you want to follow your way? So people can tell when you're walking with the Lord. They can just get that sense of knowing that God is with you and he's going to do great things for you. Proverbs 4.23 says, Attend to my word. Guard it with all your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Okay, so as we conclude... Let's look at the four, uh, three steps to walk in the Spirit. You want to know how to do this? Yeah. Okay. It's so easy. You know, God wouldn't have asked us to do it if he didn't say that it was possible to do. Can you, uh, would you say that you're walking in the Spirit now? I mean, these days, are you walking? Do you feel the confidence to know God is with you? God is working through you no matter what happens. Well, let's look at the steps. First step is very easy. Read the Bible in the Spirit. My words are spirit and they are alive, John 6, 63. So the Bible says that my words, they are spirit. 
So when you read the Word of God, you get the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Isn't that easy to understand? So you don't even have to be like a theologian. You just pick up the Bible and start reading it. And the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you, and it'll give you the things that you're reading. If you want healing in your body, you read healing scriptures. If you want love, you read love scriptures. And all of a sudden, those things start coming into you. Because the Word of God is a seed that's planted into your heart. You water it day after day, week after week, month after month, and all of a sudden it starts to grow, and all of a sudden you have exactly what you planted in there. When you have an apple seed and you plant it in the ground, you water it, you come back the next day, the next week, and all of a sudden you see a little shoot come out, and all of a sudden, over years, you get this big apple tree and you get fruit therein. Same thing with us. God wants to plant the Word of God into our heart so that it will produce fruit in our life. So guess what? It's not even about you. It's not even about how good you are. It's about how much can you put in your insides. I know when I first got saved, I just wanted to read the Bible all the time. I needed to redirect my mind, my thoughts, my actions. And I put the Word of God in me so that I would be doing what it says I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Amen. Anybody need help with that? Or am I talking to the wrong crowd here? Y'all look so holy. Well, pastor, if you got problems, that's okay. But, you know, as for us, we're all right, okay? <laughs> but I needed help, and I needed it fast. I had 30 years of living the wrong way. I had to reprogram my mind. I can remember going to the, senior, the assistant pastor, and I said, I got a problem, Pastor Major. Uh, when I go to church, I'm not thinking the right thoughts. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, how to, you know, approach a certain lady, uh, how, how, to, how this person looks and, you know, these kinds of things. I know. Shame, shameful, isn't it? I was 30 years old. Come on, give me a break. All my life I've been programmed to be a predator. And now I have to be a lover of mankind, okay? And so he said, well, the problem is, is your brain is wired a different way. You have to take it like, like a, a VCR, that's what we had there. Take that VCR out, put it in an eraser, erase it, and put some new things in there and put it into your brain. So I had to put the Word of God into my mind and heart so I would think differently. And so that's what happens when, you, uh, when the Word of God gets in you. It changes, redirects the way you're thinking about people. You don't think so harshly about people anymore. You think, how can I help them? How can I be an encouragement to them? Instead of, why are they doing that? What's wrong with them? Don't they know the Bible? Let me, let me show it to them. No. You, you bring them up. You bring them to where they're supposed to be if you're so spiritual, right? I remember one time when my wife and I we were discussing something, and I felt like, you know, the Lord came to me, and he said, well, now, who's the more spiritual of the two of you? I said, Lord, you know the answer to that. I, of course, <laughs> And more spiritual. He said, well then, shouldn't the strong bear the infirmities of the weak? And he got me. If I'm so strong, if I'm so mighty, if I'm so good, then you help your wife get to the point where you think she should be, you know. But first you, you work on yourself and then let me take care of the rest. So my words, they are spirit and they are life. Second thing is pray in the spirit. The Bible says, Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, 
you can pray in your heavenly language or you can pray in your natural language, but pray in the Spirit. Let the Lord direct you in your prayer so that you'll pray the perfect will of God. Because we don't know what we ought to pray for or how we should pray, but God knows how we should pray. You know, when we were praying for that building in, at Emmanuel, I was praying my heart. I was reached out, calling unto God. And I thought I was praying the right prayer. But as I was praying, he was redirecting me over here. Because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, when we're, we're believing for money, if you're believing for money, you pray. You don't know where it's coming from. But God knows how to get the money to you. So you pray in the Spirit and watch God bless you with it. He knows how to bring. I remember one time we were at the community center and I made friends with this guy. I don't know why, but anyway, he came up to me one time. Well, he said, uh, he couldn't make it to church. He said, but I want to give an offering. Is it okay if I come by after church? I go, sure, fine. He comes and he peels off $3,000 in, you know, unmarked bills. No, no, they weren't. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I sanctified it. I said, praise the Lord, this is good. <laughs> We're going to bring it into the, the ministry. <laughs> but uh, I did find out later that he went to jail. But, you know, that was his last offering. <laughs> but God knows how to bring the money to you when you pray in the Spirit. Let him guide and direct you. I can remember one other time I wanted to take my wife uh, no, this was, this was uh, I don't know, we just needed some money. And so this guy that was in Atlanta that was with our church for a while, he gets a hold of his daughter who's here and says, find out where Pastor Chuck is. I want to give him some money. He got my address and sent me $500. How does that work? Does that work by just like hoping and wishing? Or is it work by praying in the Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit pray through you to make change that person's heart and cause him to want to give to you? Now, you have to be good to people for them to do that. I prayed for him one time in the office. He had diabetes and he had something else. And I prayed for him and the Lord healed him just like that. So he was remembering. He goes, you know what, Pastor Chuck prayed for me? I want to bless him. Well, who put that idea in his head? The Lord. I, it's been two, it was two years since I had seen him. So God wants to help you when you read your Bible, when you pray in the Spirit, and then here's the third thing, worship in the Spirit. God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth, not in just being casual, I have to sing this song, so I'm going to sing it, right? He wants you to sing from your heart, from your spirit, and as you do that, God will reward you. Because the Bible says that when you praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? What does that mean? He inhabits the praises of his people. He comes. He comes. Inhabit. You know, you have people that visit you sometimes, right? Do they stay all night? They leave. They didn't inhabit. Your son stays and he inhabits, right? God says, I'll come and I'll inhabit. I'll spend time with you. I'll live with you. I can remember we went to um, Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford had a praise and worship leader. And uh, she invited, over us, invited us over to her house for dinner. And I'm going, oh, no. Here we go. I got, I'm, I'm exhausted. I got to go all the way out to Northridge. And 
be in a party situation. I really don't want to do that. And so, but we had to because they were friends of ours. And so we get there and she said, have a seat. And I sat down and all of a sudden, just the wave of the Spirit came upon me. I said, wow, this is refreshing. It's like being just in a, you know, like a Holy Spirit chamber. You know, it's just like, oh, I feel so good. I didn't want to leave. And I said, have you been praying here or something? She said, yes, my pastor, Jack Hayford, said, if you want to give a gift to a pastor, just pray in the Spirit, and when they come over, they'll enjoy the anointing of God. So she said, all day long while I was cleaning, I was praying and I was praising God. She was a praise leader. So she knew how to usher in the praises of the Lord. And so when I sat down, I said, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. You can do that with your family members. You can do that with people that don't know the Lord. You can pray over their bed. You can pray in their room. You can pray wherever they're at and they can receive the touch and the blessing of the Lord. Amen? So what, is, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to be one with God. How do we be one with God? By being in the Spirit, because He is the Spirit. You can't just, people say, I want the Lord to talk to me. I can't hear Him. I can't hear you. He's not going to talk that way. He talks to your heart, to your spirit. Amen? So once you get your spirit built up, you'll be able to hear from Him so clearly. And if you come on Tuesday, men, you can hear what... Uh, Charlie wants to speak to us about how to hear from the Lord. So we become one with God by reading the Bible. That's the foundation. Once you read the Bible, you have a basis for being able to hear God and being able to uh, develop your spirit. You pray in the spirit. That means you're praying the perfect will of God for your life. And you worship him because he comes and inhabits your praises. Is that easy or what? Now, how many of you are going to do that? Because if you, you are? Yeah, okay. If you do that, Norma, if you do that, you'll be a changed person. Yeah. You, you won't be Norma Carrillo, Carrillo anymore. Or Carrillo. <laughs> you'll be Saint Norma Carrillo. <laughs> you won't recognize yourself because it won't be you anymore. What did, what did Paul say? I die with Christ. I crucify myself. Never the, I, I don't live, but Christ lives in me. And if you want Christ to live in you, do these steps, God will fill your heart, and you'll be one with him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that we can come before you. We can be one with you. We can uh, have fellowship with you, that you want to take residence on the inside of us to let your thoughts be our thoughts and guide and direct us in the plans and purposes that you have for our life. So for this, Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen.